What's going on, Geeks? You're listening to episode 368 of the Geeks Series Podcast. My name is Cody Armour. I'm here with LJ Lowry. Yo! And Shelly Nolan. Hello! This week, we're re- geeking out about the Game Awards and live actions we didn't we didn't ask for. I don't, are we geeking out about them? We'll have to see. Uh, before we do that, though, I want to talk. I'm going to geek out about uh, my last week. I was not here. You may have noticed. Um, hopefully you missed me. <laughs> uh, I, instead, I was uh, driving out to Austin, Texas. Actually, an hour east of Austin, Texas. It wasn't technically Austin. Oh, gotcha. Uh, it's called Marble Falls. Beautiful, beautiful, tiny town. And really good pho. Food right, in Texas is just a whole nother. It's a whole nother thing of food. Like, I came back, and I love going out to eat. He was like, where, my wife was like, where do you want to go out to eat? And I was like... I don't know anymore. <laughs> and the good stuff. Now I, gotta go. I want to go to yeah. Opie's Barbecue in Austin, Texas. <laughs> but no, I went to this thing called the Nerd Culture Ministry Summit. It was put on by a few different people, but some big names were Love Thy Nerd, which I'm sure many of our listeners have heard about. And then Lux Digital Church, uh, which if you haven't heard about them, definitely go check them out. They are an online only church on Twitch. And from what I saw this last week, they are definitely doing it right. It was really, really powerful. Uh, We've posted a few videos on our Instagram about it, but my biggest takeaways were Lux Digital Church has a vision to start church planting. So they really want more churches like theirs. They're very much like want to share that information on how to do that and uh, the validity of it things like that so i mentioned in one of the videos that i really see like in the next couple years maybe three years the uh and a lot more of those churches coming to fruition Mm -hmm. Uh, which is exciting the more the merrier i think that's really really cool i uh Uh, different churches have different purposes yeah i was gonna say i met someone some years ago i don't know if it's still running but i met someone who was running a church in roblox yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> and it, it, you know, he was just throwing it. I don't know if there were any of like ordained pastors or anything like that, but they would like meet on Sundays <laughs> and meet in Roblox, and they would attend church. <laughs> That's cool. Well, you can check out the sermon uh, from Pastor Mark from that last Wednesday at the actual event online. I think on Nerd Culture Ministry Summit's YouTube. Uh, I'm sure you can find it. He did amazing. I mean, he was really, really good. <laughs> um. The big question, I'm going to talk about this for a minute. Mm-hmm. So uh, the big question that he asks or that he gets pushed back about is, um, is a church like that online only? Is that valid? And one of the best stories that he brought to the table was a username by the name of Future Queen of Hell. And Future Queen of Hell it's kind of went into his username. I'm not gonna lie. It's pretty cool. <laughs> like I get that I get the intent, but besides the intent, it's pretty pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. <laughs> well, she came into his church service on Twitch and she was there to troll. She was there to try to just cause friction and we've had some, hard some of those. And, yeah. And so they showed him showed her grace. 
And uh, she kept coming back, and she was like, yeah, not really that too bad to hang out with. And after a few months, she got saved. That's changed awesome. her username to Alice in the Palace. That's cool. Also a very yeah. cool username. <laughs> yeah. That's even cool. That's even cooler, I think. That's Yeah, I like I like the room. Alice awesome. in the Palace. I love it. That's a level up. And then she actually now works for the church, if I'm not mistaken. That's, awesome. That's really cool. That's great. Yeah. I love that. And all of that was done online and his argument was she would have never or probably her argument, I'm sure she said it. She would have never walked into a church building no. when she was the future queen of Saint or Queen of Hell. Yeah. She, you know, there the big focus that they kept repeating was the lady at the well mm-hmm. in Samaria said, "We're not preaching in the temples. We're we're preaching at the well, uh, where the people are, where the people are gathering." And so that was really really cool. I got to meet Magnus who runs a small i'm stealing his joke but it's so funny <laughs> small little indie indie uh company called riot games uh oh. he's the creative director of a game called league of legends probably never heard of it um yeah <laughs> that's legit yeah that was really cool he said that first but i've been telling everyone i love just it. like i that. mean it's that's a good one that's a good one <laughs> <laughs> one of the biggest esports t- uh, games in the in the world, the biggest, I would say. I cannot but. wait for Project L. Oh my gosh! <laughs> the reason he was game. there was to kind of spread this. He's making a community. Uh, I can't remember the actual word. It's the Elvish word for Rivendale. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but it's a community that he is working on, and it's basically a networking of video game developers who are Christians. I absolutely love that. That's awesome. Yeah, really cool. What was his name again? Uh, come to find out. Huh? What was his name? Magnus is what he goes by. Magnus. Yeah, and that's kind of his username. He's Alex Magnus something or Alexis Magnus something. Can't remember his last name. He's gotcha. very German. But creative director. Yeah. Um, but he was really cool. I'm trying to think. Oh, he mentioned Epic Games. I would have never known this. The CEO of Epic Games is a Christian. I would have never known that. That's kind of cool. Epic. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The world is... That world is bigger than it seems, I think. Uh, We're like, oh, he's going to... He thought he would have a really hard time finding people, and he's coming to find more and more people are believers that he just didn't... Yeah. Yeah, people just don't talk about it. I mean, even even within... um, the small Smash community over here, like in the PNW, there's actually a lot of Christians. Um, people just don't talk about it because, and not necessarily for no reason, right? I mean, there's a lot of, especially over here in this area of the of the country, there's a lot of church hurt. There's a lot of folks who um, have been, yeah, just hurt by the church in the past, or has hurt by, been hurt by Christians, et cetera, et cetera. But um, it's it's as simple as putting in my Twitter that I love Jesus. And all of a sudden I get people coming to me saying like, you Christian, I'm one too. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, cool. Like they know who to go to, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's sometimes that's you really awesome. kind of just like have to put yourself out there and then they come crawling out of the woodwork. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's yeah. definitely my experience. And I think that totally makes sense that in that, in that space as well. That's awesome. Yeah. The, the biggest takeaways that were more practical for me, and there's so much more I could talk about on, let's see, I had stories for, for days um but i think the big focus for geeks under grace we kind of went in there with a bit of an identity crisis uh 
we are not what they were talking about at the conference our stuff love thy nerd they went and told me that they're kind of in the same space too with that of that's like, true they're I trying think to figure out we're kind of niche they are they're kind of niche too very much so i was talking that. to a friend about that the other day like you know like how you know we you know we focus a lot on our writing content like we have the other things you know but like that's where mm-hmm. a majority of our content is at, you know? Like, so we're different in that way. Yeah, we're definitely not a church mm-hmm. by any means. Yeah, so... And Love Thy Nerd isn't either. And so both of us, I think our roles in a lot of ways... Love Thy Nerd also is doing their evangelical thing, and they want to keep pushing that. I don't think they had any uh, question whether or not they would continue that. But mm-hmm. for them, Love Thy Nerd is, like, let's equip people to be able to do so. And so that comes with helping these churches as well. Uh, I haven't even talked to my board of directors on this yet. We, we're meeting Thursday. Uh, so you guys are getting some of the stuff before even they do. Um, but uh, the the big takeaways that I got were with the identity crisis thing was um, uh, hopefully we can be a resource for those churches in some way. That it's something they can point to. That's something like, hey, we've always wanted. Uh, yeah. Um, and then I think the other part of that is finding our weak spots. Like we're not a church and making sure that there is a way for people to see our website and get to the connections that they need. Um, we talked to Safe Point a lot. Safe Point, another amazing ministry. Literally, you can contact Safe Point, and this is you all sh- listeners should know this too. If you don't have a church that's like nerd friendly right now, um, nerd affirming that was the word he used. Get in contact with Safe Point, and Safe Point will f- find you a church that is near you, and they will find someone uh, that is nerdy in that church to like come greet you so that you're not alone. I love that. It's crazy. I, I've definitely watched some, some of their streams before in the past. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. It's really, really neat. So that's kind of, that's that's the next steps for me is working on how to do that. How do we communicate that uh, and make sure that those two things happen. Um, yeah, we can, we can move on from it. You can watch everything at the Nerd Culture Ministry Summit YouTube channel. I think they have all of the keynotes on there. Um, that's awesome. for a little bit you can see the back of my head <laughs> and a lot of them yeah i was looking because it's like i followed i followed them on twitter right and every once in a while i was just like scrolling and i would <laughs> all the oh, pictures cody's like, head. where there's cody there's his hairdo <laughs> really was always really interesting to see and i'm like oh there's colby because he's right Yes. <laughs> we were sitting like right in the middle the whole time i didn't really think about the camera being right there that's funny but uh yeah really really good i there are so many organizations i would say actually i made an instagram post and it's just pictures of me and colby with like 10 different people and i would nine i think it's nine people different people mm-hmm. uh, you can go there and i tagged each one of them so you can go and check out their there's, stuff there's definitely oh, some... Susie. good forgot yeah. about Susie. Yeah. that's one more i gotta pastor i gotta move on one, one more thing yeah uh got to meet Susie. pastor yeah. Su- well Susie. uh Susie live now yeah and right. yeah he, I didn't expect this from him, but we never contacted Susie. We'd done it once, I think, and he was really busy, and so it never, like, we never collabed in any way. I think Joe, I think um, Joe was working on that at one point, yeah. Yeah, it's been about nine years for both of us. It's eight for him, nine for Geeks Under Grace. Oh. And I had talked to Colby about it. Colby Bryant, I keep saying his name, Colby Bryant, uh, our treasurer on the board. And I said, we never contacted him. We were always nose in the ground, uh, focused on ourselves. And I was like, over the last five years, we've looked up and realized there's a bunch of them now. 
and we haven't connected any of them and we need to get to work. Susie, I come up to him and I'm like, hey, sorry, we never got in touch before. And he literally said the same thing. He was like, I just had my nose in the ground. I was always so focused on what I was doing. I never looked up. Mm-hmm. And so very much in the same boat as I us. I feel that, yeah. Like, I, I just, you know, having been, you know, having been mm-hmm. in the board myself, like we talked about all those things. That's amazing. Like, that's cool. Yeah. It's... It was a crazy experience. Okay, now we can move on. But that was really cool to see to see him and his, his wife. And yeah, Like I said, we've been doing ministry side by side for years, but never interacting. So, cool. Sweet. Yeah, we can get into the games that we've been playing. I obviously didn't play a lot of video games while I was gone. Uh, well, you're doing some important things, so... Yes, <laughs> I think I'm accidentally beating Horizon. Uh, that might be a thing that's happening. Cool. Love that. I didn't mean to. I've definitely done. Happening. I've definitely done that in the past. I think it was like with like Shadow, like Shadow of Mordor or something. I went back and played it one time, and I was like, "Oh, I've been at the end of the game this whole time, and I had no idea." Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for a video to export from this summit, and mm-hmm. I was like, "I'm going to turn on my game for a minute just uh-huh. to like have a little bit of fun." And I got it. It was literally an hour long of like cutscenes. Yeah. Gameplay where you're doing like dialogue stuff. <laughs> I was like, I can't leave. You hit, so. Did you, you hit that screen where it's like, oh, if you turn back, if you, if you, you can't turn back now. Not yet. So oh. I'm not that close, but I'm sure it's coming. I love those moments when a game tells me, it's like, hey, do what you need to do, because this is I it. I know. I need games to do that. I love that. All the time. <laughs> it gets me excited, and then I spend the next two or three hours up late at night until I beat it. <laughs> LJ, I know Shelly hasn't played Witcher 3 all the way through. Have you played Witcher all 3 of them? Nope, I have not. That game is so big. Soft spoiler, but it's so funny. Mm-hmm. You get that prompt like three times. Oh, that's terrible. Really? <laughs> and just keep... Yeah. <laughs> but like, you sure like, you want to keep going? Is it valid? Is it like a... Is it like a... Are they spread out enough in such a way where it's like, oh, there's things you can only do within that time frame, so it makes sense for them to do Probably. that? Or is it like you're trying to progress There may thing? have been. Or area-based okay. things. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, hey, you're going to move on. I think it was on. more area-based. You're going to move like on to a new area, area so... Yeah. And you couldn't come back immediately. Right, right. But as soon as you got done with that area, you could go back. Yeah. And so oh, it yeah. was like... I'm, t- I'm thinking, like, Baldur's Gate 3, which uh, we actually finally progressed to Act 3, nice. like, today. And... Cool. Nice. Same, they, it does that too, where it'll say, hey, you can't go back. Although, actually somewhat similarly, there has been a time where, I think back in Act 1, we thought we were accidentally about to go to Act 2 or like progress huh. too far. Because it was saying like, hey, like there's something happening here. And we're like, oh, shoot. And then later my friends were like, oh, no, you can go there and come back. And I'm like, wait, huh? what? why would they? That's funny. Do that. So they have both. They have like the not super legitimate ones and the legitimate ones. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Ugh. I know the third one for Witcher, I was like, do I really care at this <laughs> point? And then I'm glad I did because it ended up being the uh, nice uh, thing. But that's all I've been playing. LJ, tell me about Star Ocean. I didn't realize they were doing a remake. Yeah, they did. Well, yeah, so they did a remake of the, I believe. This is the PlayStation Star Ocean. Um, it's called Star Ocean Second Story R. I mentioned a little bit about this um, last week because I randomly, like, my brother had been talking it up and Joe had been talking it up. And I'm like, and my brother especially, because like, I have a love-hate relationship with JRPGs. I do love how most of them are finding ways to be very accessible, which we also talked about last week. 
Um, mm-hmm. And this has definitely done that. I, I'm six hours and 30 minutes into this game. Um, I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, so It looks really good. Yes. So what they've done is they haven't really done the Octopath thing where it's like a like a pop-up, you know, pop, you know kind of book thing. They, mm-hmm. The environments are almost like fully 3D. And so this is what I want Chrono Trigger to be. I would the Chrono Trigger would be perfect in this style. Um, I a lot of people would have said that about the like Chrono Trigger and Octopath style, but I feel like this lends itself. Mm-hmm. Start uh, this they, would be better. Yes, I think this style. I'm gonna be happy with both, but this. Would um, be I basically basically uh, it's like these games have always kind of been a mix of sci-fi and fantasy. Um, this one in particular, mm-hmm. the main character gets isekai into a fantasy world. Um, it's not like a video game thing, fantasy world or anything. Um, there's, I mean, obviously there's supposed to be, you know, those questions are supposed to be answered. How do you get there? Kind of a thing. Um, I, I enjoy it a lot. It's super cool. The, it's actually a fun game to play. Like a game that can be make or break for me is how fun it is to grind. And I have no problem. I have no problem grinding in this game. And then also it's really easy. You can fast travel to any important location you want. And a lot of the bigger dungeons have so far have at least had two two save points, and so if I want to be like okay, let me go grind a little bit, let me go fight. Oh, I need to go rest at an inn, or I need to go buy some items. Let me just go fast travel over there and come back. And um, it's super fun. Um, the character I like the characters so far. I only have three party members. Um, it's it's fun. I'm enjoying it. I got real hooked on it. So. Uh, I played a lot this weekend, especially because I've been spending time getting the the dog and the cat <laughs> to kind of finally get comfortable with each other. So I've had the cat out in the living room and stuff, and like I was like, I'm just gonna spend time in here this weekend. And also, it helps that my TV, the cat, also I think she did like a jump off my TV or something, and now my TV's broke. So I gotta play games off of my computer now on my computer monitor. Yeah. But it worked out because I'm like, oh, I'm going to play my Switch. Not that I couldn't plug in my Xbox or something into the living room, but I was like, I'm going to chill, play my Switch. You know, this is perfect. And so I've been, I enjoyed it uh, quite a lot. Um, I'm still still playing through it. It's one of those games I feel like I can definitely play in bite-sized chunks because I'll be like, okay, let me get through this story point or let me do this part of a dungeon or something and like, or let me grind a little bit. And I can easily save. Like, the save points are fairly generous. Ooh, my favorite thing is, I think, I don't know if I mentioned this last week. Um, if you lose a battle, you don't get you don't get kicked to the main menu automatically. If you know you got the resources, you can be like, oh, let me retry the battle. Because I think I messed up here. Or I messed up on this. Like, let me change my strategy. So you can literally just be like, oh, I want to retry that fight. Or let's say you That's have some level ups or you have some things that you want to switch. It'll actually take you to like your menu. Like, you know, usually how a lot of JRPGs have your, your big menu with everything you can upgrade and like equip mm-hmm. stuff. Let's say you're like, oh, like, oh, I forgot to put points into my characters. I forgot I did level up a few times. So you can actually go and do, well, your, yeah. do your level Shane ups. Shane that a bit. Yeah. So I, I really love the accessibility in this game. Um it's super fun so yeah i i've it's gotten some really good reviews and um yeah it was just kind of like i actually randomly got i got this game because i went to gamestop just did some trade-ins stuff i wasn't playing and so i got this and i got the metal gear solid collection both on switch and i thought metal gear was the one i'd be playing a lot more and it turns out like i've barely touched metal gear like i've this is what i've been playing on my switch so i like it a lot and i think they might have 
I think this game started on Super Nintendo. They might have remade it for PlayStation. But um, they have like little animated cutscenes from those older from that older version. You can go and watch too, um, like in the extras menu. But it's fun. I recommend it if uh, if anybody is looking for a new JRPG game to play. I think it's only fifty bucks, so it's not even full price. Oh sweet! So I think that's it's yes, and it's knowing Square Enix, it will probably go on sale at some point, maybe Black Friday or maybe when they do like the Golden Week sale in the spring or whatever. Like I bet you it'll be on sale. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's really good. So, uh, I, I do recommend it. Um, yeah. the other game, I was definitely fully against buying this for a while, but, um, I did grab Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, um, yeah. just because I'm like, oh, this is so dumb. Like they really should have just made it like a $40, $50 expansion, which I still agree with this. Um, but it was, a it was a long day on Friday and I was like, I just want to like chill, play some games. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to play some Call of Duty. I'm going to give in. I'm going to be a sucker. Um, I do admire that they found a way to actually keep my progress from the previous game and keep my bundles that I, I didn't spend like a lot of money on Modern Warfare 2 at all. But if you spent money on that game or you earned a bunch of stuff through the battle passes and everything or season passes. It's all there, and all your weapon unlocks and all your customized weapons are still there. So I was like, oh, like that made it actually a bit more justifiable to me, even though I'm like, I'm still not going to touch the campaign. I haven't even tried zombies yet, but I was like, you know what? I just want to go play multiplayer and just mess around and play some music and do what I do. And so I realized, like, oh, I got my gold knife back. And so I was like, awesome, because I like going melee, you know, for whatever reason, like, I just feel like I make people mad all the time. Like if I'm just running around with my knife. Um, but I've been uh, I've been you know, posting these gameplay clips. I call it my gold stabby boy. And I was like, I got my gold stabby boy back. And I'm already halfway to turning that thing into a platinum knife too. So it's like they added um, Doom style weapons that I got. I actually paid money for that because I was like, it's Doom. I'm a Doom stand. There's a super shotgun and a chainsaw that have like a 2d like animated look to them and they also animate like like straight out of like the old doom and stuff like that so everybody's using trying to do the meta and use the same guns or use whatever's op and i'm i'm this doofus running around with a super shotgun and a chainsaw not caring at all so it's just (laughs) i've still haven't i've still been having I've, i've been having fun with it um it's definitely one of those games that like i know i'm probably only gonna play it for a few months but Right now, I'm having I'm having fun, so I guess that's what matters. Um, it still feels like yeah. Call of Duty. I've I don't really plan on tr- trying much else, but I still hate that I spent the money on it because I'm like I'm stupid because that's not thinking with my wallet. That's me giving money to a game or a decision that I know is not dumb. I you mean, it's not. Agree with. Yeah, like we, yeah. So I'm I'm an I feel like an idiot because I still spent the money. But there's a lot of people like that. Who'd be like, oh, I'm not going to get the new Call of Duty. I'm not going to get the new Madden or whatever. And they still do. And I'm one of those people this week. Um, Capitalism. Yes. And so I'm having I am having fun. I really do wish they would have just made it DLC. Um, maybe charge forty forty dollars. You get new multiplayer maps and you know new whatever. And then you get a campaign. I think they could have easily done that because now you can launch Modern Warfare three in the same launcher you can watch Modern launch Modern Warfare two from and all that and Warzone. So I'm like, okay, y'all are halfway there. Like you just need to not be greedy. So that's it. That's what I've been playing. Oh, and then uh, I have been playing a little bit of Ghost of Tsushima because of 
Blue Eyed Samurai, which I'll talk I'll, I'll talk more about that show, Blue Eyed Samurai. Later. Heck yeah, mm, it's good. Cool. What about you, Shelley? Uh, well, I already mentioned playing some Baldur's Gate three, so we finally are past Act two. Definitely the smallest act. Well, I've heard Act three is the best, is the biggest. So that's probably why. But um, we didn't have much cleanup to do in Act two. Slash, there was some quests we were kind of locked out of, which is fine. Um. <laughs> Still a good game. Still kind of broken, though. It's really unfortunate. I've just seen so many people, especially... We're going to be talking about the Game Awards, actually. Um, if it is nominated for a Game Awards. Spoiler! So, <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's it's nominated for Game of the Year, which I think is still definitely deserved. But I've seen so many people praising this game for how well it is, essentially... How good it is, essentially, out of box. And the fact that they're still, like, patching it, even though it's supposed to be this, like, seamless, perfect game. It's just kind of frustrating knowing that those are just people talking on PC. Like, those are just people talking, even if they're doing multiplayer, on PC. Like, they're not talking about the PS5 experience. Because the PS5 experience, mm. at least co-op, especially co-op, I guess is what I should say. But I was even playing single player a little bit um, with their co-op save. And there's still, like, slowdowns and frame issues, which is, like, you know, fairly negligible. But even today, uh, we had, like, this cutscene that just faded to black and there was just music playing in the background and it just was there for, like, a minute straight. And we're like, this is definitely not just supposed to be happening. There's supposed to be something on screen or it's supposed to be transitioning to something else. Thankfully we got out of it, but it's just unfortunate that some things still it, it just get kind of weird, but it's still a really, really, really good game overall. And we're finally getting into the meat of a lot of stuff. If you have played Baldur's Gate 3, that transitioned into Act 3. You probably know exactly what I'm talking about. There's a lot of good stuff there, so... Excited to play more of it. It's just crazy how we're 80 hours in and we're going to have to spend at least another 20 hours to beat the game, I'm sure. Like, at, at least. <laughs> just to, like, get everything. What is going to be fun is I- I'm looking forward to doing everybody's, like, all the companions sort of wrapping up their quests. Like, now that we're kind of at the last section of the game, we can finally wrap those up, which is really what I'm looking forward to, besides just the main plot as well. But I... Love investing in my companions, big Dragon Age energy, right? Being able to sort of finish up and, and help out your companions or whatever they need done. So mm-hmm. I, I'm excited for that. But yeah, still a really good game. Uh, still not perfect, though. I just, I don't know, every time I've talked to people, and, they'll, and they'll, they've told me too, they'll say like, oh, well, I was under the impression that it was really clean and like no bugs or anything on any of the systems. And I'm like, well, then you're just wrong. <laughs> I have video <laughs> yeah. footage. And again... Patches make it help, are, are way helpful. Like, there's a lot of bugs I don't experience anymore at all because of these patches. And so, like, thank goodness. It's just, I think I get a little bit miffed. <laughs> I get a little bit, like, mm. every time someone says, like, well, it's just because it's such a perfect, seamless experience. It's because they did so much work to make sure it's perfect out of the box. I'm like, yes, they did for the single-player experience, which is awesome. And obviously, they took extra time to try to make sure local co-op worked. And I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I guess, I don't know. I guess it's one See, of the, things the, the multiplayer is the reason why the Xbox version hasn't come out yet, because I guess they're struggling yes. with the multiplayer for Series S. Which, thank goodness, yeah. again, that they're actually taking the time to try to figure that out before mm-hmm. releasing it. Again, yeah. that's what I respect. I also respect that they're working on optimization. It is a huge game. They kind of have mm-hmm. to. A lot of game devs just don't care, or at least a lot of big game devs don't care, I guess is what I should specify. But anyway, right. Baldur's Gate 3, still very good. I've also cool. restarted my Persona 3 Portable run. So nice. originally I started back kind of soon, maybe a month or two after it came out, re-came out, I guess is what I should specify this year on Steam. 
and I played it and it was fine. It was kind of hard to get into for some reason. I think, I don't know if it was just because, I mean, I knew it's an older game. Now it's an older game. So there's some things that are like clunky or whatever. And also just the fact that it is the portable version, definitely less engaging. And that's just, you know, everyone says that, right? Cause you can't just like control your character around these spaces like you can in like four or five, for example. It's um, it's more like a visual novel, right? You kind of like tap things. You do have areas you go to. Mm-hmm. And I think it took, I don't know, it was taking me a while to get used to that and get used to kind of how combat works again, things like that. And then I just stopped playing and I don't remember what stopped me from playing. It honestly could have been like Tears of the Kingdom or something. But I never <laughs> really went back. And then they announced Persona 3 Reload. And I thought, dang it, I wish I could just finish this Persona 3. Like... I was mad because I had just got Persona 3 Portable and all of a sudden they're doing an actual remake and I was kind of miffed. But then I came to a conclusion where I just need to restart the game and play as Femsy. So if you don't know, Persona 3 Portable is unique in such a way that you can play as a male or female protagonist. And I was originally playing male because everyone told me like, oh, that's the original way and like Femsy is really good on a replay, but you should just be male for the first thing to go. No, screw that. Female, <laughs> so much better. And yes, I'm totally biased because I'm a woman, but it's actually crazy how much better it is because just very simple things too. One uh, is that you get better social links. So with the male route, you can't get a social link with actually several of your companions. Like Junpei, he's like, Supposed to be kind of like your best friend. You don't even get a social link with him in Persona That's 3 Portable. That's weird. You don't get one with Akihiko either, who's also like a companion that you not kind of, you basically start with him. Like you don't, he doesn't uh, join your party, <coughs> party like in game until later, but he's around the whole time, which is frustrating. And they replace it with honestly social links that I didn't like very much. Like there's a, there's a kid who just is trying to go after a teacher. And like, no, I didn't finish that social link. He probably outgrows it. He probably gets better and it's probably fine. But at the beginning, I was just cringing a lot. I'm like, I don't want to hang out with you, Kenji. Sorry, you suck. <laughs> Those are no, no, I think. But I don't know. I just think it reveals the potential of a lot of games. I think I'm really grateful that there are so many games, especially RPGs, that give you the option to choose your gender. I think that's amazing. I think they should keep doing that but it doesn't usually affect the game at all. Usually it's very, very subtle. Or in the cases such as Dragon Age, for example, I already talked about Dragon Age, but like Dragon Age, it can kind of change the romance options, right? Mm-hmm. Usually it doesn't change anything. Like a Baldur's Gate doesn't change anything. In something like Dragon Age, you Ooh. get slightly different romance options. Th- in this game... Me. Yeah, what's up? Uh, I was going to say, Star Ocean does that. You can. It's actually two different, the two main characters. Mm-hmm. I think it just has a different starting point. I don't know how much it affects it, but oh, you can definitely cool. choose that if you don't feel like choosing the main guy, Claude. You can be Reyna, I think her name is. She's the second cool. yeah. character, so. But I think what's so cool about this game, and it's not, you know, for some of the portable game a long time ago, but I feel like it's almost, it was almost ahead of its time in the sense where you doesn't, it actually changes things. Like, you get social, different social links, you have different dialogue, people actually acknowledge you that you're a woman, Mm. right and they like will say things that granted some things are sexist right but it's almost (laughs) it feels way more like realistic especially for that time in japan like it seems way more realistic there's a um 
like there's actually I won't I won't say who to kind of shield some spoilers if anyone's interested, but there's a social link that you get where partway through it's sort of revealed that um, they reveal to you that there's actually been some pictures taken of you at school. And that's, like, kind of weird and creepy because, like, oh, is it, like, a peeping Tom situation? Like, you're fully clothed, but, like, that's kind of weird, right? And mm-hmm. so that it kind of continues with that. I'm just like, man, that's, like, what a woman's experience, right? Like, that would never happen in the male <laughs> route. And I feel like, and again, I know I'm just popping off because I'm a woman. So, like, it helps me sort of relate better. And, of course, maybe the simple fact of that just makes it better, in my opinion. But I just think that it's really, really awesome that so many RPGs let you choose and that there's mm-hmm. either no difference or negligible difference. And by negligible, I just mean like romance options can be somewhat different. Same with like Fire Emblem, right? There's a lot of Fire Emblem games like Fire Emblem Awakening, for example, where um, you could be a boy or girl Robin and it kind of just changes your romance options and that's about mm-hmm. it. But I think it's actually really cool <laughs> that being a gender actually affects the story. And affects the dialogue. It affects how people interact with you. It affects yeah. how you interact with others. And I think that's really cool. Um, even if part of it is just because of sexism. Like, maybe that's stupid. I don't know. <laughs> but I think it's actually just helping me enjoy the game a lot more. It seems awesome. so simple and so dumb. But I just... I'm getting way more into it. And part of it, too, was that I, like, basically sped run until I got to the point where I was before with my first run. And now I'm finally past that point, thank goodness. But... I was like speed running and I was just like not even thinking about it. I'm just like, I'm just gonna go, go, go. And so that helped me really get into the story and get into where I'm at. So I'm hoping to beat this before Reload comes out. And at this point, I think I might just finish it. Even if it's, uh, if Reload comes out before I'm done, I just won't get the game until I'm done because uh, I want to be totally done. But then it's gonna be cool because then it'll be like playing the same game but slightly different, you know? Mm. Yeah. So because that's what I didn't want to necessarily like replay the whole game one more time after I just played it, but it's gonna be such a different experience because you actually have the roaming around the space. Mm-hmm. You are the male protagonist. You have different social options. You have different romance options, uh, and so a lot of the story beats obviously are gonna be the same, but like the combat's gonna be maybe slightly different, and the UI is gonna be way different, and the music's gonna be different. So I think that's what I'm uh, looking forward to is like this experience. And then I'll just play Reload. It is still frustrating to have essentially the game time. Sorry, essentially the game. I can't speak. It's a little <laughs> frustrating that they released this game only for just around a year later to release a full reboot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't like that, but I'm trying to make the best of it. So, yeah. <laughs> That's that. Cool. Cool. Wait. We'll get into the gaming news then. LJ. Yes. Uh, looks mostly on the Game Awards, right? Yes. So I want to go over some of the nominee stuff. I figure the easy, the biggest one is Game of the Year. Because there's probably some that are very debatable in here. And then I'll probably skim through the other ones. And if there's any that you know, stick out to you guys, then we can talk about some more of that. So, um, for our nominees for Game of the Year. So Game, of the, Game Awards is coming... I think December seventh, and we are probably going to do. We do. We've done it every year for the last few years, but we're definitely going to do like a watch along live stream. Yeah, Anna runs it um, every time. It's it is a fun chaotic time. Um, so yeah, um, that is a Thursday per usual. Yes, it's a Thursday. Um, so we'll definitely uh, come. That'll be on our Twitch channel, Twitch.tv/slash Geeks Um, 
So I'm going to go straight out the gate here. The uh, Game of the Year nominees are, are Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. Um, as much as I love this game, I don't really think it should be here, but Spider-Man 2 is there. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, full, I did enjoy Spider-Man 2, just not as much as the first two. Um, Resident Evil 4, re- the remake is here. I didn't finish that game. Uh, I know I definitely played it, so I can't really say um, and I can't say about Alan Wake 2 also. Like, that game literally just came out. And so I'm like, I didn't know that many people, like, liked that game. I know Game of the Year, or the Game Awards definitely are, you know, the nominees are chosen by a committee and all that stuff too. Uh, like a committee of, like, gaming journalists. And then, right. so, the last two you have is Super Mario Bros. Wonder. I actually really enjoy that game because I have been playing it, um, off and on. Um, so I do think this is an interesting take to have this here because it is a refreshing take on Mario we haven't had in a long time. And then I think we all expected this one to be here. Uh, at least I expected Baldur's Gate and Tears of the Kingdom. So yeah. Tears of the Kingdom is definitely on the yeah. list. I no think Final Fantasy 16! I am a little bit sad. Like, I would... So honestly, here's what I would do. I would switch out Spider-Man 2 for Jedi Survivor and probably... Either Resident Evil 4 or actually probably Alan Wake 2, even though I've never, again, I've never played both. But I would fit Final Fantasy 16 in one of those slots, is what I would have done. Um, so it's just, that's an interesting. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think that a large, that list, I think, at least I haven't looked like online because I've been at work all day. But at least in our gaming chat, I think we're a lot of people, I think a lot of us were caught off guard by the list. Um, so yeah, that's 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 game of the year stuff. So we got best game direction, and I think most of these are yeah, all these were literally in game of the year. Uh, Alan Wake Two, Baldur's Gate Three, Marvel Spider Man, Mario Wonder, um, Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Um, yeah. Then we have best narrative, and it's literally most of those. Um, Final Fantasy Sixteen and Cyberpunk uh, Phantom Liberty are on this list. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say it's gr- as great as it is that Wonder is mm. in the running for Game of the Year. Like I think that's mm. awesome. Um, There's definitely other games that probably could have been there. Yeah, it's rough because you really you really do want that balance, right? You want that yeah. balance of different gameplays. Uh, I would have styles. loved an indie to show up there, or even like Lies of P, because a lot of yeah. people have really loved yeah. Lies of P this year. Like that would have been games this year. Yes, oh. and I mean, there's been a lot of bad ones too. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so then you got best narrative. Um, I've not played again. I've not played two of those. Um, so then we have best art direction, which Lies of P got to mention here. Hi-Fi Rush is in here for best art direction. I feel like Hi-Fi Rush deserves this game. Hi-Fi Rush is like a sleeper hit. Yeah. Um, Super good game. Um, Mario is in here. Tears of the Kingdom is in here. Alan Wake is in here. And Lies of P is in here. And then, um, yeah, I feel like Hi-Fi Rush should get that one. Um, Best score in music. um, We got Alan Wake 2, um, Baldur's Gate 3, Final Fantasy 16, Hi-Fi Rush, and Tears of the Kingdom. That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I would say Baldur's Gate kind of stands out to me a little bit because that had, like, a, I think it's got, like, actual vo- vocals, like, in in some of their tracks, um, which was really cool. Yeah, they do. Um, hmm. 
Let's see. And Hi-Fi Rush, that game is all about music. But I can't say that the music or any score or any part of the soundtrack has stood out to me. I um, wish, mm-hmm. and I don't know what's going to happen, if it'll happen. Mm-hmm. I really need Final Fantasy XVI's original soundtrack on Spotify. They have like five that, songs Actually, on there. yes. I need the rest. I, I hope Please. that <clears throat> Final Fantasy gets best, best soundtrack. I, I really would. That would it be is awesome. so good. Um, there was only one time I think where the music choice was questionable, but it wasn't bad. <laughs> there was like one fight where I was like, "Okay, this feels like a little DMC," but it 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 fit. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know what this is kind of weird, but I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So then, you, uh, for audio design, we have Alan Wake Two. We have Dead Space, which Dead Space works. That's definitely a horror game. That's based on you know a lot of the horror games use set audio a lot. Um, Hi-Fi Rush is on here, which I feel like if best audio design, Hi-Fi Rush should definitely win this one, just because oh, like nice. a lot of what you do is based on timing and audio and rhythm, even though you don't necessarily like it's it doesn't punish you for it. Um, then we have Spider-Man and then Resident Evil Four. Let's see here. Um, oh, oh wait, best. Oh wait, I'm gonna I skipped it on accident. So best performance, we have Ben Starr from Final Fantasy Sixteen, yes. which is. I believe he voiced. Um, he voiced Clive. Clive, yes. Um, I think the guy who voiced Sid should be in here. I don't know. I like Sid much. Like Clive. Clive definitely grows as a character, and it is a good performance. But I would rather have the voice actor who does Sid, and that dude's been in done a bunch of voices this year too. Like, and I like yeah. Sid. I like Sid as a character a lot more. Um, I feel like all the voices in final fantasy 16 are really good also yes, playing Baldur's gate 3 all the voice actors of Baldur's gate 3 are yep. really freaking good like a stereo <laughs> yeah. voice actor is is nuts he yeah. carries that character in my opinion like i think all so, of them are really good i think all the voice actors are really good but i think Asterion's voice actor in particular so who is so i need to know uh, they don't they don't show the uh the actually roles they play on this list which i think they should so neil new newbin yes is... that's him that's him that's, oh, that's him nice yes um then you have cameron monahan for star wars jedi survivor i'm like okay, okay like it's a yeah. it's a really good game then you have yeah. idris elba for his character in cyberpunk you have <laughs> melanie <laughs> melanie LeBird who plays in alan wake 2 i think she plays the new character whose name is saga which is kind of a dope name um, and, um, for Alan Wake 2. Mm-hmm. And then you have Yuri Lowenthal, who also plays in... I mean, he's in Spider-Man 2. There's a few of those where I'm not surprised. I guess they're in there. Um, let's see. Let's move on a little bit. Um, indie games, we've got Games for Impact. There's not really a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. Um, there never usually is. Best ongoing, we have Apex, Cyberpunk, Final Fantasy fourteen. Fortnite and Genshin Impact. I'm surprised Cyberpunk is in there for ongoing only because it's had updates. I wouldn't consider it an ongoing game. But, okay. <laughs> um, let's see, best community support. We have Baldur's Gate, Cyberpunk, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy XIV, and No Man's, no Man's Sky. I love that No Man's Sky has been in that on that list for huh. so long. Yeah, um, wow. <laughs> here we go here's some of the other categories i've really wanted to kind of get through um we have for best indie game or best yeah best independent game we have cocoon dave the diver dredge which i have played dredge and uh, dredge is really cool uh, we have sea of stars which is really oh that's sea of a, stars. 
That's another RPG I think you, you should probably look into. I, just it's because... on my list. Sea of Stars is on my list. It's probably going to be next year. Or maybe yeah. before Christmas or something. I tried, it's on the, sale. I tried the demo and it didn't click with me. Um, But I hear Dave the Diver is really good. There's a lot of people that love that game. And I hear Cocoon is pretty decent too. But out of those, I definitely like Dredge the most. Dredge is a good game. Um, I've heard Dave the Diver is really... All my coworkers play Dave the Diver and they talk about <laughs> Dave nice. the Diver around me at work. And they're like, That's funny. Sure, you need to get Dave the Diver. And I'm like, well, baby, I got so many of the games I'm playing <laughs> right now. But eventually... Eventually, yeah. For debut indie, uh, according to Barra, I think uh, Anna, I think Cocoon isn't technically a debut, but we have Cocoon, Dredge, Pizza Tower, which, uh, and then a game called Venba, and then Viewfinder again for best indie. Um, Let's see, best mobile game, eh. Um, We can probably skip that one. Um, AR, VR, we're going to skip that. Um, Action game, you have Armored Core, Dead Island 2, which I think that's weird that's there. Ghost Runner 2, I've not played that. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush is really good. And then we have Remnant 2. Out of those, I've played Armored Core... Hi-Fi Rush and Remnant 2. I really liked Armored Core. I would love to see Armored Core get it. Or Remnant 2. Remnant 2 is really good. But Hi-Fi Rush. Mm-hmm. Hi-Fi Rush is also really good. Uh, let's see. Action-Adventure. You have basically most of the Game of the Year categories. Again, you have Alan Wake 2, Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, Jedi Survivor, and Tears of the Kingdom uh, for Action-Adventure. I would like to see Jedi Survivor get that one. Um, RPG. Here's a category a lot of people love. Um, Baldur's Gate 3, Final Fantasy 16, Lies of P, which is good. I'm glad that's in there. Sea of Stars in there. And here's a game we have had no mention of yet. Starfield is in Best RPG. Okay. We have not had no mention of Starfield in this whole thing until now. I, yeah. I am surprised. I am surprised. Like, that's so crazy. Um, then best fighting game, which is a personal favorite category of mine. You have God of Rock, which is a rhythm game. You have Mortal Kombat 1, Nickelodeon, All-Star Brawl 2, which I actually hear All-Star Brawl 2 is pretty good, apparently. You have Pocket Bravery, and you have Street Fighter 6. I have a feeling this is going to come down to Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter 6, because the rest are indies. They're all pretty solid. I've, I would be upset if Mortal Kombat 1 takes this award over Street Fighter 6. I'd be mad. Um... Because Mortal Kombat 1 actually isn't that good of a game. Um, in my opinion, anyway. Um, and then family game, we have Disney Illusion Island, which I played. Party Animals, which I played, and it's great. Pikmin 4, Sonic yeah. Superstars, and Mario Wonder. I think we all know Mario Wonder is going to win that. Even though I would love Party Animals to win. Um, Sim Strategy, uh, Advance War, Advance War, City Skylines, Company Heroes 3, Fire Emblem Engage. There's a Fire Emblem mention right there. And then Pikmin 4. Um, and then Sports and Racing. Eh, nobody really cares about that. Not in, not in our world. There's just so many good games um, this year. Like, the yes. fact that yeah. I forgot that Pikmin 4 was even out this year. Yeah. It's a lot of people's <laughs> game of the year. People were so wow, hyped really? for it. And it delivered. And yeah. it's still not like mm-hmm. Game of the Year. It's just nominated for some other games. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> Here, I think you're going to get a little triggered on this one, Shelly. For oh, best no. multiplayer game, one of the first options they have is Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> it's perfect. Here's the thing. It's perfect when it's you play it online. great on PC. <laughs> the fact that you can have a full party for... I want that so bad. We did, that. Just- we did that on PlayStation, and it was fine. Like, it was great. Um- yeah, but I just... What I need is... Because I don't really have any other friends um- who... I have, like, 
one, maybe two other friends who have a PS5, but we we don't all like I canceled my PlayStation Plus prescription because right, right, subscription, right. prescription, subscription because it was just getting too expensive. <laughs> but uh, if they if they announce crossplay, which in my research is something they're working on, if they right, allowed right. crossplay, so if I on my PS5 could play with PC players and maybe one yes, other yeah, PS5 right. player. I'll get that subscription back. Yeah, yeah. That's all I'm saying. So, like, the most part is pretty great. There's things that could be better, but it's really freaking awesome. For <laughs> That's so why I'm guess, like, this yes, is going to it deserves to be there, but it's also, like, the kinda PS5 doesn't. multiplayer experience yeah. is kind of rough. <laughs> um, the other ones are Diablo 4, LOL. Um, everybody forgot about Diablo okay. 4 when oh, that's right. Diablo came 4 out. also came out. Yep. And then uh, we have Party Animals, Street Fighter 6, and Mario Wonder. I would love Party Animals to win this one. I feel like nice. it has the most. Party, I got real hooked on Party Animals for like a good couple weeks there. Um, and then best. Oh, well, I guess that's kind of it. I guess this is a good transition into the rest of the categories then. Because we have, um, the, the after this, I'm not going to even bother because it's all esports categories. But we have Castlevania Nocturne, um, Gran Turismo, The Last of Us, Super Mario Movie. And Twisted Metal for Best Adaptation. Okay. I think Last of Us is going to get that one. I've done oh, probably. I, like, I feel like yes. that's obvious. I feel like that's I, I low-key love twi- could be cool. Twisted, Twisted Metal. I'm, uh, I, 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 like, I, I, Definitely not Twisted Metal. That actually wasn't that Mario. bad. Mario did really well. I would, say, I would say this fight is between Mario and Last of Us. Yeah. Even um, though... Last of Us sounds right. Yeah, I would yes. agree. So, um, and I guess maybe one more real quick. We have Final Fantasy, or this is a most anticipated game. We have Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, Hades II, Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth, Star Wars Outlaws, and Tekken 8. I, my personal favorite is Tekken 8 on here, but I know Hades II is easily the most anticipated game on this list. So, that's it. That's uh, for all the categories that matter, anyway. The rest of them are all esports stuff, which I'm sure that matters to other people. But uh, I think for the sake of for the sake of time, for the sake of time and what we got here, I think we hit all everything else that we need to or that we wanted to talk about. So we can move on. Well, we are almost at the hour mark. Oh, we are! Wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Yep. I did not realize well, that. <laughs> we just got to keep going here. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't talk a lot about NCNS. Okay. Well, yeah. I didn't watch any movies or shows, guys. So. Okay. Well, there you there. go. I watched Ghostbusters. Uh, I watched Ghostbusters yeah, Afterlife, and it was really good. Oh, that's sweet. how. Nice. That's how you do. There's another a, one coming out. Yes, and so I. That's had, a trailer I forgot to put in the news, but I had, yeah, there's a trailer for Ghostbusters. My buddy who watched it with his kids around Halloween, mm-hmm. and one of my coworkers both mentioned it to me. So I was like, you know what? I just gotta watch this. I've been wanting to watch it. That is mm-hmm. how you do a sequel, right? I think, or at least like one of the nostalgia cool sequel things we have. Um, I feel like that was very well crafted, very well done. A lot of respect paid to Harold Ramis, which was one of the actors that has passed on over the original Ghostbusters. Super good movie. Um, I think you can operate, like, if you've never seen a Ghostbusters movie, most people, I feel like, know who the Ghostbusters are, right? Like, So I feel like you can honestly watch that movie and just know about the Ghostbusters and who they are and actually go into that movie and watch it and enjoy yeah. it, so... Yeah, that's all I'll say for the second time. See, I did get to watch Marvels as well. Oh, nice! And uh, don't listen to the hate. It's fun. It is. Yeah. So stupid. <laughs> so but. Stupid. 
<laughs> it's really dope. There's Cross okay. Yeah, no, I love it. I think it's <laughs> awesome. <I'll take> it. <laughs> There's like they're doing a science thing that like literally makes no sense isn't like kind of broken but it's just like literally out of a cartoon <laughs> what were we talk- yeah we were talking about like what the, the comic book science when we were talking about when shelly was talking about spider-man a few weeks ago yeah <laughs> That's exactly- it's ridiculous i hate it, I hate it like, so much <laughs> so if you can get past that like the the movie's goofy, that's and that's true. the whole thing. Like, it's real silly. It's more of a sequel to Miss Marvel, the TV show, which I highly recommend you watch that show before you watch this movie. Gotcha. Um, then it is a Captain Marvel sequel. It's hear, kind of a Captain Marvel sequel. I hear Captain Marvel is a much better character this time around, too. Yes. Yeah, definitely. There are um, some cool Christian values in there that I don't really appreciate it. No, um, into a, a Bible study, maybe? <laughs> yeah possibly uh it writes itself it would be yeah we're thinking about it we'll figure out how we can do that because uh it would be so simple don't want to give anything away but it's a really fun dumb movie it is not dumb in the like thor <laughs> love and thunder Oof. but it's Oof. it's dumb like original guardians of the galaxy maybe i like that in a lot of ways i see like yes. Yeah, it's just silly. I don't know. Cool. I like I like silly. I like fun. I don't know. But I haven't When you see the science that I mean, what they're doing, it's like it literally doesn't I'd say Miss Marvel is definitely a fun show. I think Miss Marvel fits with that description too. Mm -hmm. Like it's not super amazing or anything like super great, but it's fun. Yeah. And she's awesome. Yes. Um, The actress that plays Miss Marvel is so fun. Definitely steals the show in a lot of ways too. But I don't listen to hate. People are giving it hate. Dying to the box office. Well, of course it's Dying to the box office. It's a sequel from a show that nobody watched and a movie that nobody liked. So it's not going to do well. I'm surprised that they even went for it. But it's uh, it, it's neat. It's cool. Worth watch. No end credit scene, but there is a mid credit scene. Interesting. Uh, and mid credit scene is online already. So watch the movie soon. Ha! <laughs> Love it. I it's love a doozy. The so great. Yeah. Uh, that's all I'll say there. It's Thanks. just, it's good. It's, it, I think we needed it. We needed something after Guardians 3 that was so amazing. Um, this just felt like a fun movie to go watch. Nice. Just nice. Uh, yeah. We can get into the movie news from there trying to move quickly no for sure and the thing is we too got some pretty big news so we could just share our thoughts uh in fact actually you might have already heard everyone's probably already heard at this point that the sag after strike is now over actors are, are going back to work and they really got a good deal as far as we could tell um they're really happy with the outcome they're getting money <laughs> you know that's the biggest thing is actors are getting money again <coughs> Which yeah, the important. unions have been playing hardball, which is nice. Like, I've been watching a lot of, following a lot of tick creators on TikTok that have really been, like, talking about it and, like, giving good information on it. And so I'm stoked, like, that it seems to be yeah. a good one. So. Things are looking really positive. And, again, we were one of a, one or two episodes ago, we were already saying, like, oh, well, who knows? It might last until the end of the year. They're prepared to last until the end of the year. And selfishly, I'm pretty happy that... Stuff like Stranger Things is going to start, you know, probably rolling up again, and all our can we still get Spider Man? Can we still get Spider Verse in March? Can we get Spider Verse in March, please? <laughs> give give us back, thing. give us back the original release date. 
Please. Give me Spider-Verse as soon as you're ready. Yeah, I am excited. I want yes. it to be good. interested to see <laughs> if we're going to get... It was supposed to come out in March. That's all I'm saying. Y'all could still do it. Yeah, if we're, if we're going <laughs> to see selfishly. all those delays culminate into one year of just so many releases, I mean, there's always things releasing, so maybe not. But the one thing, though, is that at least I follow a lot of voice actors on Twitter from anime, from video games, things like that. And apparently this agreement doesn't really have great uh, AI protections. Because that was a huge part of the conversation. Too. That was a big like, part of it, yeah. started with the strike thing, both with the writers and actors. It's like, hey, are we going to be able to protect our jobs from AI? Are you going to make it so AI is not equal like a factor? And et cetera, et cetera. And from what I'm gathering, a lot of the... A lot of like live action actors, especially, are very comfortable with this agreement. But a lot of voice actors aren't that comfortable with this agreement because of the AI protections uh, or mm. lack thereof. I guess is what I should say. Is uh, I haven't been able to like to look in grab depth, a voice. but I've been seeing a lot. Basically, when this strike was over, a lot of people were celebrating. Tons of people were celebrating, just like looking on Twitter, and then come some days later. You get a lot of these voice actors actually reading through the agreements and actually saying, hold on a second. This is not good because I can still lose my job. Because if an AI takes my voice mm. and they plaster it on a cartoon or plaster it somewhere, then I don't have a job anymore. And yeah. there's there's probably more nuance to that. There's probably more stuff going on. I just know that that's, it's becoming a bit of a thing. And uh, it's kind of, I don't know, it can be frustrating when you have like this one whole sect of Hollywood actors or just actors in general that are really celebrating this and this is like what they need. But then you have this much smaller, already kind of looked over voice actors. You know, they're already kind of a niche. They're already kind of people don't really see them as actors, mm -hmm. but they're really super important. Right. And they're the ones who are saying, Hey, I don't know. I don't know about this guys, but are they going to get steamrolled? Are they going to get forgotten about? Is mm -hmm. something actually going to happen? Who knows? Who knows? But overall it's dumb overall for sure. Overall, it's better than what it was before, by and large. But AI is still questionable, and it has been. Unfortunately, probably is always going to be. That's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, not much more to say about that. I am just interested to see if that evolves at all, if other people are going to start waking up to, is this AI stuff going to be a problem? I hope it's not voice, actually a problem. Voice actors should unionize. They really should. I think they really need their own union. I'm going to be honest. I think they need their own their own little thing to protect them because people just don't treat them well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but besides that, we also have another huge movie announcement from Nintendo. They are doing a live action Zelda movie, which yeah. feels very predictable. Like it seems like that was kind of the next step, right? It's they got Mario movie that was animated. Super duper popular. Makes I wish so this wasn't fun. live action. This would be animated. I kind of hoped it would too. Uh, and obviously yeah. not by like illumination or anything. I, I don't this think is even like style, the worst case scenario. I think animation. for would have been nice, but <laughs> no, they're they're going with the live action, and I have no idea. We have no oh. other details on like when's coming out. Only you know, obviously no coming. actors that we could, that we know of yet. We don't know if it's going to be off of. I guess it was somewhat similar question when the Mario movie was coming out. I was like, oh, is this going to be just a story about one of the games? Like, adapted? Or is it going to be, like, an original thing? Is it going to um, be a mix? I think it'd be really definitely... cool oh, if they sorry. just adapted an actual 
game. Hold up. Like, I I, most of the time I'm always like, oh, just do something rich. Oh, no. Which honestly they might do, and that's also going to be fine. Something that's super in the spirit of Zelda, something that totally fits in to that sort of, like, canon timeline, whatever. Or maybe it just won't be canon. That's also fine. But... He's gone. Bye. Well, he froze, <laughs> so I think he lost something. Oh, dang. I'm so tired. I, uh... You gotta put a note in there. I'm gonna make a joke about them releasing the trailer on IGN ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're probably also gonna release a trailer. It's probably gonna look fan made. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. You good, LJ? Yeah, my internet had a hiccup, but it seems to be back. Oh, okay. Cool. I see you still recording. Yes, I didn't stop recording. Oh, cool. Perfect. Nice. Okay. I was like, I'll what's happening? Finish where my thought was. <laughs> yeah, it would be cool oh, if gosh. they made a game adaptation because I think there's some games that actually would go well. Like honestly, like Majora's Mask, Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time. I think sure. some this... of those they can. And again. Well, IGN made a trailer, you know, for it ten years uh, ago. Yeah. See this. What's, starring a Michael Jackson. What's scaring people <laughs> is that this is they're partnering with Sony and Avi Arad, who is responsible for Venom and like the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is also what worries me. We we said this about Illumination and Mario and Universal and stuff too. That and somehow totally worked. Totally true. That totally that's some, well, that's Venom somehow maybe make a Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess could be fun. Ooh, well, yeah, I was gonna say Twilight Princess. They made, they have an awesome manga for that, right? And they did make. Here's the thing, and we're gonna talk about this a lot because we're gonna be talking about Avatar a little bit later too. There's a trailer for that. So with these adaptations, you do have to make changes, right? Yeah. Now, obviously, I haven't watched like the the Last of Us show, but they made changes, right? They don't just have you really like. Good hunting around and crawling around gathering resources and crafting things because that's not fun to watch on a show right but it just reminds me of this the twilight princess manga where they did make really good adaptations link talks for example right i've already had people i've been talking with say like oh well they need to gonna they're gonna need to find someone who like if they make link talks that's gonna be really bad i'm like i don't think that's necessarily true but i think there is something to be said where it still has to be within his character, right? And then, you know, have, like, mm-hmm. the the manga, the Fire Princess manga, where it's all very... totally lines up with his I'm, character. I'm just saying... He's they, not necessarily they... talkative, but when he does talk, it very much lines up with his character, and I think that's something they, they could do with this. I also wonder if it's gonna be more serious, more silly, somewhere in the middle, because Zelda can be kind of either way. It's not that silly. It's not nearly as silly as Mario. They so... should take notes from another movie that came out. A long time ago. One of my favorites. Legend. Legend. <laughs> Tim Ganondorf needs to be as intimidating as Tim Curry is in this. Tim Curry, yeah. they, did his, <laughs> they did his makeup all crazy and turned him into this big red devil bad guy who's straight up... Heck yeah. It's literally Link, Zelda, and Ganondorf. It's literally Zel- a Zelda movie, but not. Right. And I'm like... I, well, I like, how do you make a giant pig live action scary? Or just make Ganondorf. I mean... Or make the CGI not bad. You know, yes. it's well, possible, but again... This is it, all practical effects right here, this dude. Tim Curry was straight up makeup and a suit. Like, 
I think you can make some really good makeup on a on a dude and make him look <sighs> yes. really good as Ganondorf. But I'm just like, hey, there's a movie that Nintendo can take notes from because totally. it, it just so works. Like that's why I love that movie because it's like low key a Zelda movie, but it's not. Like, Heck yeah, yeah. You just there needs to be some sort of adaptation, right? And again, mm-hmm. we'll talk a little bit more about it. Avatar. I'll, I'll be mentioning some of my thoughts there too. But there needs to be some sort of transition from the video game medium to live action medium and it needs to be significant it needs to be good but it still needs to be respectful it's mm-hmm. a really hard balance to find and i definitely am not one to say what's the best balance or what's the best decision making there but i just right, hope right. it's good i hope it's fun and it doesn't have to be like super dark or anything but probably not too silly either i i also if they are going to go the direction of like just adapting a story that's already been done in one of the games like it's not gonna be Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom. That's the craziest part is that you, you're gonna have Tears the Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom are definitely the most popular Zelda games at the moment. They're huge. A lot of people's first Zelda games were one of those games, or both, or whatever, right? Yep. But most of Zelda franchise is just not that, right? It's so right, different. Right. So, I, I guess I'm just excited to see. Maybe not excited, is a little bit pushing it. I'm intrigued and interested to see. <laughs> Like a future trailer, a future way, where it's like, are they going to get those themes across? Are they going to get those characters across? There's a lot more routes they could go than Mario. Like, I think Mario is pretty cut and dry, but with Zelda, you have so many options. I agree. There's a lot of You could even mix them all into your own thing, and we can Mm -hmm. splinter the timeline again. I mean, for sure. They can create their own (laughs) spin off, or not spin off, but just own original story or something, too. Just as long as it has the heart and themes. Like, that's the thing for, for me. Zelda games are consistent by their themes. It's kind of like Final Fantasy. It's not necessarily by their playstyle. It's by their themes. It's by the sort of the lore that kind of keeps everything together. So as long as they have that, it could be good. Yeah. But then obviously, like, again, Mario, they had way more freedom where they could just kind of do whatever the heck they wanted to. And there's so many Mario franchises that they just threw them all into one big thing. Except for Mario Party. Maybe if they make another Mario movie, they'll throw more Mario Party stuff in there. <laughs> just cool. make it Mario Party the movie. That'd be kind of funny. But... Anyway, all that being said, we just need more information. Yes. We need more yeah. information. That's our movie news. We, we will get into TV then. Uh, I have finished Loki. And nice. It's good. It's worth the payoff. Yes. Really? So, so good. Finally. Uh, How many times tell me I need to... <laughs> have we... That I, you, just Disney shows I haven't watched... Yeah. Don't watch until the finale comes out, and then people say, "Well, the finale, oh, yeah, yeah it sucks. It sucks. Not worth it." Finally, no. Like this um, award-winning acting. Thank goodness. Um, and from multiple multiple actors, um, and like the the episode before, they do the thing that Disney loves to do. The penultimate episode was like meh. It wasn't very good. I was not interested in it, and so I was like, "They're gonna do another like rushed ending." That's not gonna make any sense, and uh, that's not what this was. Um, it was a um, I don't want to give too much away. the The arc that Loki has gone through from the like Thor one to now is just insane. Loki is definitely a character I did not understand all the hype for. I was just like, whatever. Like y'all just 
Y'all are you just, know. you just like Tom Hiddleston. They're just, which sim- is fair, yeah, they're but. just, everybody's just simping for the most part, you know? Like, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? Like, That's episode two of the season, by the way. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, but, um, <laughs> like, especially around, like, Ragnarok, I was like, okay, he's actually uh, turning into a character I really like. And then, like, even in season mm-hmm. one, I'm like, wow, okay, I've never expected to even feel for this character. Like, they've really went a long way with that, with that, with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The whole season is, in full is kind of long and drawn out and you'll be kind of like i guess but once you get to that final episode uh it's something where like they did take a long time to get there and Mm. it feels like maybe it was more time than they needed but they hadn't taken that time Mm. i don't think that uh the emotions they're trying to uh derive from you would have been would have been there without it right right so highly recommend uh the best uh including season one it's this season two is the best disney plus show good done so far Woo! beating out season one by wow long. wait wait best disney plus show that's a bold statement Cotton. by far that is very bold <laughs> wow yes Woo! better than andor Dang. better than andor better than andor are you considering season one and two as a conglomerate or just season two just season two gotcha okay wow. i guess i'm gonna yeah. watch it Huh. Jeez. Okay. Is... Cool. Maybe is this is gl- my ticket back into Marvel. I don't care that about Marvel. Is, that is a glowing like... endorsement. Well, I don't think it'll take you super far into Marvel itself, but uh, I did like uh, season one. If yeah. it makes me this ca- is very if, much if it makes me Loki's care story. again, like I, I don't know, like I just I don't know. I, I don't think it'll do all that. <laughs> I, I'm in a place where if it's good I don't itself, know. If... I'll take that. I don't know yes, if I can trust Marvel right now. Like, relatively I'm still gonna, self-contained. I'm still going to watch it. I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Yeah. Sure. I would love to know your guys' thoughts. See if you guys uh, share the same thoughts. I'm, I obviously question. am very invested in Marvel. Here's my question. Does it set up for season three? Do you I don't want to give anything away. It probably does. I don't want to give anything away. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> no, that's fine. You, you can... It's okay. I'll tell you after the podcast. <laughs> okay, sure. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Go watch it. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Watch season one. You'll have to watch season one to watch season two. But season one was really good. It's worth it. Not as good as season two. <laughs> good. I'm glad. Yeah. Like thank goodness for yeah. once a show that the season two is just better than season. It's one. weird because it's self-contained. The story is much more personal. I like that. And like they never that I know of go to space or to another planet hmm. in this season. And I thought that was weird because that was like the whole <clears> thing with. Season one was yeah. going, like, everywhere in space and time. Right. To to keep it okay. within TVA stuff is pretty wild. If they yeah, that's crazy. They don't do like they don't move to a whole lot of different locations. Oh but man, I have a story. I have a story I'm going to tell you all after the podcast because it's funny. Solid. It's, it's low key related, but <laughs> <laughs> cool. I almost that's, forgot. <laughs> that's my review of Loki. Nice, nice. Uh, hopefully, I haven't overhyped it, man. Oh, and uh, LJ, you just reminded me, Invincible. I've seen the first episode of Invincible season. The second episode is out, too. Two. I'll have to check that it out. It came out on it. Friday. Ooh, it's so good. Yeah, it started off, and I was so confused. <sighs> yes. Like, man, it's they, good. they throw you a curveball there, but it's a good one. Yeah. Like, it's, uh, Solid. Yeah. Uh, also, hilarious that it's just... I mean, so is The Boys, but it's like commentary on other superhero stuff. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And so they're introducing things that are just current in, mm-hmm. in the rest of the... the like DC and the, the Adam Eve special is really good too. If you if you haven't watched that, that's like Adam Eve. I don't Eve. think I ever saw that. It's it's an I think they put it out a few months ago, but it's like a mini episode. It's like a mini episode of 
her origin story. It's pretty good. Nice. So, um, but yeah, Invincible, LJ, you have anything more to add on that? And then no, just be watching. Oh, uh, Invincible, it's it's so it's good. It's more invincible. wild. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. It's gonna. It, it's gonna like it's one of those things where I know season one got crazy, but I don't. I feel like it's just gonna get even crazier, and I don't know how else to say that. Like, there's so much that can happen. Like, I just can mess up more stuff. Like, it's just I feel like it's gonna end up in a lot more chaos. So, and it's it's good. Um, the other thing I watched, I haven't watched a ton more of it, but I talked about it last week. Was the show Blue Eye Samurai? Um, it's animated, like 2D kind of style animated animation. It got me to play Ghost of Tsushima again, which was like to scratch that itch. I found out it's from, I don't know if I remember mentioning this last week, but it's from the writer of Logan and Blade Runner 2049. He and his wife wrote the, and it's not based on any particular character like in feudal Japan or something. It's just a revenge story. It's on Netflix again about this girl who was born of mixed race who wants to seek revenge you know kind of a thing um she wears these cool glasses that like hide her blue eyes and stuff and that's pretty she and the way women are treated in feudal japan is like not good so she like hides you know she hides it well but it also makes her like she's feared because everybody thinks she's this legendary male samurai and it's like she's absolutely not but she is she's awesome (laughs) it's cool it's a good show so yeah cool we'll get into the tv news then um a couple things both both netflix we've got a teaser for dragon prince season six uh it's mostly just claudia being uh more claudia yeah Uh, (laughs) it's sad we I should, don't know. We should have saved another twenty minutes for y'all to rant about this because I know y'all. Sorry. Have to say. No, you. Yeah, <laughs> I think the trailer. I think the trailer of this supposed to be scary, but it was just sad. Yeah, that's all I got from. It's crazy that it does a really good job making me interested in the show again, but <laughs> giving some it's a it's honestly a really short teaser, but it tells us a lot just in this short yeah. teaser gives us a lot of information and if it's insinuating what i think it's insinuating if it's doing what i think it's doing uh i'm worried that's just gonna reveal the last two seasons of being mostly filler which is what they felt like last two seasons i've not enjoyed that's why i haven't been in a hurry either is because just the things you had to say about the previous seasons they're just not very good in my opinion. Season five was slightly better than season four it was definitely was an improvement but it wasn't like so much of an improvement that it makes me go oh yeah the show's and it's gonna be awesome but season six yeah i don't know maybe they just go work on a three season stride the first three seasons (laughs) were really good but like season three definitely was the best i think and then maybe they just need another three season arc or something it but i'm a little bit concerned again that if it is good which i hope it is good obviously like i'll watch it (laughs) i hope it's good but if it just reveals these last two seasons as being mostly filler, like I think it potentially right. will. Like there's just a lot of things in those seasons that just are feel completely unnecessary. And maybe a lot of those could have just been like th- some of these side stories, some of the development did not need to take the entire season. <laughs> I won't I won't necessarily explicitly explain what, what I'm thinking of, but if you've watched the show, you probably know kind of what I'm talking about. Probably all of it could have been condensed to, like, a single season. In my opinion, just probably yeah, the last sure. two seasons could have been one season. 
and there's still a lot of things that they need to wrap up. There's a lot of things that were left unresolved in season three that I have this bad feeling that they're only going to resolve it now in season six, whereas it's like, okay, well, what were the last two seasons for if right. this could have been almost pseudo season four in itself? Like, well, I have like the to contrast see... you made to Korra. Exactly, yeah. So, because it's like, with Korra, they had trouble because they didn't know how many seasons they were going to get. So every season they had to sort of wrap it up in a weird kind of messy way. And then the next season would start with this new problem, right? Because they just didn't know which season was going to be their last. And I feel like they're having the opposite problem with the Dragon Prince where they didn't have all that much planned. But all of a sudden they've been cleared for like seven seasons or something. I think I think it's seven, seven or eight seasons wow. that they were cleared for. And they still don't have a ton of ideas. So now they're just throwing in filler and throwing in conflicts that don't matter that mm-hmm. aren't fun to watch, that aren't interesting, that don't seem to actually, you know, you would think that they would at least do some world building or they'd at least do some character development stuff, but they kind of like don't even do that. And then there's Oof. some aspects where you're like, oh, I wish we'd kind of dive even a little bit more deeper into this. Like just the way that they're siphoning out their time with these seasons doesn't feel mm. very good to me. Again, last two seasons, I feel like could have been squashed into one big season or just regular season, cut out the filler. There were just scenes in there they were just completely unnecessary. Um, but again, we'll see what season six looks like. I hope it's an improvement, both from a writing perspective and from a, unfortunately, from an animation perspective. There are definitely some animation issues the last couple seasons that I've had, which is too bad. But uh, I'll watch it. Maybe it'll be like Loki and it'll just everything will pay off. I hope so. It's just going to be disappointing. Because there's nothing set up to pay off really in the last few seasons exactly but... right there's not much they, that the stuff they're gonna pay off started in like season three right mm-hmm. some of the stuff that has been happening was just they could have just done it at the end of season three or after season three whatever but maybe they'll throw another graphic novel in there to explain more stuff and more conflicts that we don't know eh, whatever <laughs> anyway there's that <laughs> The other show to rant about is uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> got yep. the live action. <laughs> and a trailer. Yeah, it looks a lot like the movie M. Night Shyamalan made. Especially in, like, the shots of, like, you know, Katara and stuff when she's, like, in the, in, like, the snow parts and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. that looks, I'm like, that's the part that made me go, huh? Like, when you talk about the movie. <laughs> but everything else, I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, all right, I'll check it out. It looks all right. Like, the CGI, so they, they have the volcano, right? And it's this crescent volcano. And it's straight out of the show, and that's mm-hmm. awesome. But, like, they didn't do it well because it's hard to do that. Like, that mm-hmm. would be, that would take a ton of time to make that look like a real island. And so mm-hmm. it's almost like they did this thing where they're almost too true to the source material. Yeah. That you get this kind of, like, weird um, surrealism going on. I agree. With it. That's definitely what One Piece does. Like, but, like, One Piece is, at, like, it's fun, you know, like, Uncanny at the very... Valley, I guess. Yes. It's, mm. like, it's fun at the very least kind of a thing, and I'm hoping that's what this does. Like, yeah. I hope yeah. this is for, like, I don't think this is necess- this kind of stuff is necessarily for us, even though, yes, it kind of is. But, like, this is the kind of stuff that, like, oh, I could get my mom and my, or like at the very least my stepdad be like, oh, that looks like a cool action show or action movie or something. Like, I'll check it out. You know, like, 
Um, like a buddy of mine who doesn't watch anime, he's like, oh, I watched One Piece. It's kind of fun. It's kind of cool. Like, I'm like, okay. So I'm hoping like we get that same feeling with Avatar. Like, I hope it's faithful. Yeah. In, in I the- was out as soon as the writers got out. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. The writers said that it wasn't their show anymore. I was like, I'm good. I guess I expected something different like widely different too and like from what yeah I'm that's s- you it does look what i'm really seeing... close to source material which surprised yes. me we're gonna have to see like we haven't seen the important stuff yet like i saw on tiktok somebody said we need to see the bending and we need to see conversations and dialogue happening Absolutely. yeah like ang hasn't Seriously. spoken at all we need we, we need Sokka seen... to be Sokka. We need that'll chemistry. be chemistry that's what mm-hmm. holds that yeah. show together so well yes. is uh, the chemistry between yes. all the characters is insane but I think oh, yeah. you, you guys brought up an important point too, where it's it's look, looking almost too faithful, and that's why I want to bring in that conversation again of the adaptation. Like you need, you need to actually adapt. And yes. I'm yeah. of the opinion that Avatar: Last Airbender, as a world concept, does not lend at all well to live action. I personally think there's not even going to be a way to create a live action that is going to reflect it well, unless mm-hmm. you maybe did like a super futuristic, like past the time of Korra couple generations where things are really like like even more steampunky or like you get actual technology and then you do like a live action and it's like oh it takes place in the world and there's still some bending but like the world is different you know Mm. an entirely different spin-off i feel like that could lend well to live action but i I kind of want that it just doesn't but you still have to adapt something and right now it's hard Mm -hmm. to tell like what the decisions they're going to make what things you're going to do obviously like the outfits on one hand i have to really applaud because they are very you know loyal kyoshi's look good yes yes are not kyoshi but uh suki yeah the kyoshi uh warriors they look great but it's just like i don't know i was even talking to my sister today she doesn't watch a lot of shows but she did grow up watching avatar with me and i said Mm -hmm. hey Mm -hmm. did you see the new trailer for the avatar show like live action show she said "Uh, again that didn't work no. the first time. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. It didn't work the first time. Yeah. Just, like, yes, she's spot on. It's true. Like, yeah. we're all, That's we're funny. all kind of burned by that movie, I think. And Even the more casual fans are burned. No, that's what I mean. It's like, there's there's a level of, so there's so many people who have casually watched this show. And are they going to need to have a live action remake? You know, that's it's wild. just kind of, mm-hmm. I st- I'm waiting. Give me a crazy spinoff. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting for the moment in which it's movie. realizing that the show is relevant and needed. I have not yet mm-hmm. faced the oh the show is relevant and needed sort of aspect. So far it seems completely mm-hmm. unnecessary. Maybe the show will start and it'll be really, really good and everyone will love it and I'll be proven wrong. But as of right mm-hmm. now, I'm like, we don't need this. Simply put, you could just watch the original. Sorry. <laughs> So I get four have a, benders and they're like murderers I'll, and it's like a horror movie. I'll say what oh I said gosh. with Zelda. Make it live action. I'm, I'm yeah. hopeful. Rated MA. Like, like with One Piece, I'm hopeful right. that it's at least decent. You know that it's at least yeah. enjoyable. I'm sure it'll yeah. be decent. I'm sure it'll be better than M Night Shyamalan's. Like anything's better oh, yeah. than M Night Shyamalan's. So I don't think. Yeah, start from the bottom. You have to. There's nowhere to go but up. That's a pretty just, low bar, I, actually. Yeah. It's a really. I know this podcast bar. is going along a little long, but a it's tangent that we went on before the podcast that I thought was worth mentioning was the idea of let's start taking live actions and making them anime. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about John Wick is doing that uh, soon, 
Yeah. But give me more of that. That and sounds so on, cool. Honestly, I think Terminator is also getting one. And the last good thing that came out of, out of Terminator was Terminator 2. So, like, I'm hoping that makes a better, like, animated adaptation, too. The yeah, Witcher did an animated thing, and it oh, was good. Yeah. They have another one coming out, too, I think. Another Witcher animated thing. Yeah, and it makes me think of... It makes me think of Star Wars Visions, and I think yeah. Star Wars Visions, Visions is a so perfect good. example of, like, you have the live-action Star Wars that's really awesome on its own. I mean, obviously, it's the original. It's really freaking good, but then you also have, like, Visions, and obviously, there's the cartoons. I personally haven't watched Clone Wars Rebels, so I can't speak on that, but I can speak on Visions and how those creators were able to create such amazing art of such fantastical things with such, you know, crazy colors and concepts mm-hmm. that definitely would be really hard to do in live action but still lends well to the star wars canon and universe i think that's like a perfect example of like here's what you could do with animation here's what you could do with live action they're different and they have that same sort of like it's still the same universe you know there's still jedi and the force and the empire stuff like that but the way things are presented you know it lends itself well for its medium and that's important so yep Mm -hmm. Sweet. We will yeah. end the podcast there. Are you guys geeking out about anything else this week? Nope. Nope. All right. Then, Shelly, where can they find you at? You can find me on Twitter at theshellshock24. And LJ? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at LJThePaladin. And you can find me on Instagram at Cody Armor. Keep gaming, keep praying, and God bless. Bye. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Geeks Under Grace podcast. We love hearing from you, so feel free to ask us questions or just comment on the show by using the hashtag GUGCast on Twitter or by joining the GUGCast questions channel in the Geeks Under Grace Discord. If you like this episode, consider leaving a review or rating of our show on your favorite podcast app. If you want even more Geeks Under Grace, you can always go to geeksundergrace.com. We love you all so much, so thank you for listening. It's on.